Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hello, 2X Podcast listeners. Bill Kasky back for another episode. And again, we have uh, created a series here of episodes that are sourced in the Facebook Live program that we do every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern. And we're going to be talking today about the topic of thought leadership, but I don't know that thought leadership really resonates with people, so we probably titled it wrong. But the idea here is that you've got to have something that you're doing that positions you in the market in a way that you want to be positioned and that you can be found and you can be known and you can be distinguishable from other brands, other people who do what you do. And so this program today goes through some of the problems that occur when you don't have something out there working for you, and also some different ways to use thought leadership as well. And then five areas that I think uh, you can use, you can, maybe not all five, but pick one or two of these and just start just begin something. And I think you'll find it helps. It not only helps in the market and what you get out of it, but it helps you as you're putting together your thoughts and and perspective on things, your point of view. And I think the more we can write and create good content, uh, not only the more customers we will have, but also the better communicator will become. So here's the Facebook Live rebroadcast. Hope you enjoy. Hey, folks, Bill Kasky back for another Facebook Live event. Today, we're going to be talking about thought leadership. You probably got the emails I like this topic because I think that sales professionals, I think we in general, have uh, refrained from doing any kind of thought leadership strategies for prospecting. So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk a little bit about the problem that I think happens when you do nothing. I'm going to tell you a story uh, that I just experienced last week and uh, that I'm going to give you some ideas and some solutions for how you can start to create a thought leadership strategy for yourself. And I want uh, this to be an active participation. So if you have a question, if we don't happen to get to the question during the Facebook Live, then we'll make sure that we answer it afterwards. And I'm on, I'm on, the, uh, on Facebook afterwards, so make sure you answer any questions. Before we begin, I want to make sure that you remember that we are launching a brand new program, not this week, but next week, called the Quick Start, 2X Quick Start program. And I want you to go to BillKasky.com forward slash quick start to get on the waiting list. So as soon as that's released on, it's going to be either Monday the 17th or Tuesday the 18th, we'll make sure you get access to it. It's a free course. It's a three-part series, but it talks a little bit about how you can start to develop your game plan for 2Xing your business. So welcome. Once again, we'd love it if you shared this content, shared the stream with other people on your in your tribe. And uh, by all means, ask any questions. We were going to actually do it outside today. We may do outside next week. 
we had some construction going on in the room next door, so it was a little bit loud, but it has stopped, so we decided to go inside again, but we might try next week. It's just so nice. Spring, isn't spring beautiful? It's about 70 degrees today. It's really nice. So I was at, um, at a client about two weeks ago, and they fancy themselves as thought leaders in their industry, and actually they are. They are. They've got some technical people who write, they do case studies, etc. But when I looked on the web on their sales team, they have about 12 salespeople, and these salespeople are, have, are strategic people. They are calling on some pretty large companies. They maintained they were thought leaders too, but there was nothing online about them. I put in their names, each of their names, there was nothing. You went to their LinkedIn page, and there was nothing there. So if I'm a prospect, and I'm considering working with this group or this individual, and I go to their LinkedIn page and there's nothing. All there is is just their profile. There's no article, there's no video, there's no audio, there's no case study. There's not a way for me to sample the other person's perspective. Then I'm at a loss, and I may not even call them back if I don't feel like they've got any kind of thought leadership capabilities. You know, the biggest challenge that we face in sales today is two things, being known or being found, however you want to say that, and being distinguishable. So if, you can, if you're able to be found or if you're known in your industry, but there's no way to distinguish you from somebody else, namely your competitor, then I think you enter the process from a one-down position. If you're distinguishable but nobody can find you, then we know the answer to that. So I want you to be both known and distinguishable, because I think those two things together position you really well. You know, in the last few episodes of Facebook Live on Tuesday, we've been talking about selling a premium product in a commodity world. Well, you've got to be known to do that. You've got to be able to distinguish yourself to do that. So I want to talk here a little bit today. You know, one of the, one of the myths of content creation and thought leadership, the myth is, well, if you just post enough articles online and you'll create enough videos and you'll put articles on your LinkedIn feed, Somebody is going to find you, and they're going to write you a check. They're going to come out. They're going to pay you all this money just because of that. I don't buy that. I think if you've got an outstanding following, like we've got the Advanced Selling Podcast and the 2X Podcast, people listen for a period of time, at which time they say, you know what, I've got a need for training or for coaching, and they reach out via email or they call us. So those things can happen. But for the average sales professional who doesn't have a podcast or a TV show or any kind of ongoing uh, blog, I don't think you can expect to write one article and have all these people call you. It just doesn't work that way. But I want to talk to you today about some ways you can use this thought leadership strategy and forget about whether the phone rings or not. So here's number one. Number one, you meet somebody at an event. You go to events, you go to networking events, you go to Starbucks, you go to, well, I go to Starbucks, you probably do too. Uh, you go to all these places where people hang out, other people like you, maybe prospects. It would be nice if you had something other than a business card to, to give to them. Or on your business card, you can shake your you can shake hands, you can talk a little bit, and say, by the way, I'm going to send you a link to an article I wrote recently about the five mistakes people make when they get ready to purchase XYZ. So at least then, you're not you don't have the article with you. I don't want you to reach into your pocket and pull out a bunch of articles. But you are positioning yourself when you first meet somebody. So I like that. Number two, someone calls in from a referral. You know, some businesses, uh, 50 to 70% of their revenue comes through referrals, comes through introductions. Is your business like that? 
Uh, some are, some aren't. If you're in a brand new business where there's a lot of startup and people don't know who you are, then it's unlikely that you have 50 to 70%. But a lot of it comes that way. But when somebody calls and says, hey, I heard about you from Mark, uh, I don't know if a meeting is the first thing you should go do or a phone call. I think maybe if you sent them something of value, something that you have written or produced that really established your thought leadership, then I think that subsequent call or meeting is a lot more valuable for you. Number three, you provide something for your clients so they can refer you. You know, the referral process is kind of clunky, isn't it? I mean, you want to go to your clients and say, hey, you know, I'm looking to grow my business, and do you have any names of people who I might need to talk to? And then people say, well, you know, yeah, but don't use my name, or they're, not, they're out of town right now. There's, there's all this clunkiness and anxiety to it. What if you had a really well-done thought leadership piece that you sent to your clients and said, here, by all means, send this on to people who you believe might benefit from the content, not from working with me, but from the content itself. So I like that. If you are resorting to cold call, and I know some people on this uh, Facebook Live, you actually do cold calls, that's fine. I don't like them because I think there's be there are better ways, but if that's your predetermined strategy of how you're going to generate new discussions, then I'm all for you. Uh, nobody likes to make cold calls, but if it's a call where you reach out and actually uh, ask if the person would like to read or see or listen to something that you produced, I think that makes for a lot different call. And so the call is not, can I come see you? The call is, hey, I don't know where you are in the process of looking at XYZ, but I recently published a three-minute video for people who are in the process of looking at that and considering that, would you like me to send it along to you? So that's another way that you can use thought leadership content for you. You meet somebody on LinkedIn. So maybe you have targeted them, maybe they have targeted you, whatever, whoever the target is. I think it's useful to have some kind of a link if somebody reaches out to you, you say, hey, thank, glad we're connected. By the way, here's a video I produced recently on the five mistakes companies make when they purchase financial planning services or whatever. Whatever your area is, I'm going to talk about what you should do in those areas. Or you resurrect somebody from the past, maybe somebody that you never worked with, maybe it was a prospect that, I don't know, maybe you quoted them and nothing ever happened, maybe it was two or three years ago, but sometimes those people... They know who you are, so it's not really a cold call, but you're able to call them back and, again, say, I recently published something that I thought might be of value to you. So there's six areas that I don't think are you produce something and there's an inbound call. You're actually, you're actually outbounding certain actions, but you can use this thought leadership there. So I want you to be known, and I want you to be distinguishable. You have to give people, I believe, an experience of who you are and how you think. Who you are is probably not as important here. I know it is when you get face-to-face, -face, but I want you to give people an experience of how you think, how you think about the market, how you think about their problems, how you think about the trends, etc. So here's some tips. I'm going to give you five. I promise five. So I'm going to give these to you, and I want you to think through them. And if any of these feel like they might be right and you just want to ask a, a very short question, by all means, put it in the Facebook feed, and I will get to it. And I know we've got a lot of people on the call, so I'm happy to, I'm happy to spend a couple hours here this afternoon answering some of these. Here's one thing I think you should do. And not too many people have done this yet. I shouldn't say that. Lots of people have done it, but mostly in the sales ranks really have it. And that is a LinkedIn video of you in teaching mode. So you can put videos on your LinkedIn page. 
I think only three will show up, two or three will show up, but you can have as many as you need, want down there, and all they have to do is click see more and they have the whole lineup. But if you don't have any videos now, I suggest you have one of you teaching something of value. So let's say you're in the uh, retail space and you're calling on large retail stores and your target audience is stores of, uh, I don't know, 100 to 500. Well, I would teach something that relates to that target audience. You might teach the, uh, the trends that are happening at retail that you are helping people navigate around. You might talk about financial CFOs kind of speak, where you're talking about return on investment and opportunity cost. Whatever it is you really like in your business and you feel like you are not the world's most profound expert in, but something you like and are good at and know a lot about, then teach that. Uh, I like the idea of a teaching video rather than an introductory video. It's okay if you want to have one of those. Hi, I'm Bill Kasky. Thanks for popping by my LinkedIn site. But that's really not of value to them. I think it's okay if they need to want to get to know you there. But I'm more interested in you teaching something. You can rent a room. You can teach from the front of the room. I've got one client that rented a performing arts center uh, for a half day. cost them, I don't know, $300. And all their salespeople were up on stage individually teaching something. And so they got... They got um, camera roll, some video of that, and they put it on each individual salesperson's website. So now when a prospect goes to the website of the salesperson, they see them in teaching mode. I think it gives you a lot of authority. Number two, a regular publication of valuable information. I've got a client who is in the medical business, calls on doctors and dentists, and he, about uh, probably six weeks ago, just started doing an email newsletter that is uh, that goes out to all of his contacts every it's biweekly every other week but it talks about a, an issue it talks about a tip it talks about a trend that he has found that are, are important to those medical professionals and it's written very easily all he does really is pose it as a question so he says here's a question that i received last week from a doctor in st louis the doctor's question colon how do I make sure that when I buy this equipment it returns you know, adequately on the investment? Then he answers the question in a paragraph or two. It's not long. It doesn't have 17 different columns to it. It doesn't have a lot of graphics. Uh, it's very simple, but it's something that he is pressing out every week or every two weeks. So I recommend that you do some kind of an email you know, email newsletter might be the word for it, but something that reaches out to people and it's got to be valuable. You've either got to be teaching something, educating them, introducing them to a new way to do things that maybe they're doing it the old way. So a regular publication is number two. Now think about that. That could also be a blog. Um, but I like email because I still think it's the, it's the killer app and if you get their email addresses, why not? Number three, a written evergreen case study. A case study is where you have a prospect who has invited you in, you've found out what the issues are, they've shared with you all of what's happened and what they're trying to accomplish, and then you've implemented a solution and you've tracked that solution over time and turn it into a case study. Now, it doesn't have to be one of these academic case studies that are 15 pages long. It could be something that's on a website or on a LinkedIn page or on a blog. This is a great use for a blog. Put some graphics in there. Uh, tell the story. Tell the human side of the story. I met Roger when he was a VP of purchasing for uh, Anheuser-Busch in St. Louis, and he was struggling because his purchasing people were out of control. Uh, they were drunk all day. No, they weren't drunk all day. His purchasing people were out of control, 
and he was really searching for a solution. Uh, Roger was a, a married and had three kids and loved Anheuser-Busch, but felt like if he didn't get this problem fixed, his days might be numbered there. Now, this is not a real story, by the way. It might be a Roger who's VP of purchasing. But the point is, tell this from a human standpoint. Don't make it all about the company, because people buy things. Companies don't buy, companies don't buy anything. People at companies buy things. And if you can associate your case study with something personal, the personal uh, validation that that gave them or the personal issues that they had as they were searching and see, uh, seeking for a solution, that could be even better. So that's number three, evergreen case study. If your company doesn't have one of those or several of those, go find one. Go find a happy client and get very prescriptive and very specific and detailed about what they went through, how you worked with them, if there were five points that made the solution really practical and profitable, then list those five points. Be very, very detailed about this. Okay, number four, find a platform. If you're going to be a thought leader, it helps, not maybe initially, but eventually you're going to want to find a platform to publish to on a regular basis. Now, you might say, well, isn't email a platform? Yeah, it, it can be. Email is more of a Email is more of a tactic of how am I going to get the information out to my world, but I like blogging for this. If you have a personal blog or if you have a company blog or even a place on your company blog where you have your name and maybe you have articles that you can link to. But I like the idea of having a consistent platform. This is a platform we're looking at is Facebook Live. Uh, we have the Advanced Selling Podcast. I've got the 2X Podcast. We've got lots of videos, although I wouldn't consider that necessarily a platform because that's not necessarily consistent. But the idea there is to find an online platform where you can publish to all the time. I've got another client who's, uh, he was telling me about a month ago, he said, you know what, I've decided to do a blog. I said, oh, that's great. And he has lots of, he's really a smart dude. He's got lots of experiences and observations of his business. And, and he was saying, you know, uh, uh, I think I can get this thing going. And this was, I don't know, 1st of February. He says, I think I can get this thing going pretty quickly. And I said, well, when, when are you thinking about launching it? And he said, well, uh, thinking about May. I think I can get it done by May. And I said, May? That's like four months away. He goes, well, you know, it's going to take me a lot of time to learn the blogging platform. I said, look, you can't wait till May. Get it up. You should be able to get this thing up in a weekend. You don't have to have all the content published to it. That's the whole idea. Publish over time. It doesn't have to be perfect right out of the gate. Find a platform. Maybe for you it's podcasting. There's a lot, almost everybody has a podcast now. Some of us have a couple. Some people have more than a couple. But it's a really good platform if you're speaking to a, to a real niche of people that uh, consume information that way, especially if you can interview people, interview guests, interview clients, interview uh, experts from your industry. But the podcast is a really good platform, too. And number five, concluding our Facebook Live today, number five, uh, the more information you have about your customers, the better. So I recommend you survey people. And we've done a little bit of this, not as much as we probably should have done, but think about surveying your customers. Find out what they're interested in, what some of their pains and frustrations are, what some of their business problems are, what are some things they've tried and haven't worked. Start to collect some of this data, and then you can repurpose this data through blogs and podcasts and all this other content. So if you have great sur a great survey mechanism and you do it, say, once every six months, it's going to be a constant, it's a feeding frenzy for you with content. 
So if you're a thought leader, or you want to be, and you don't feel like you have any content, surveys are great ways to do that because you'll get all sorts of content. Plus, then if you get really good and you have 100 to 500 people who ask for the survey and fill it out, you now have proprietary information. So you can publish that survey once every six months or once a year, and now you become really an expert in the business because you have a pulse of what everybody's feeling. All right, so surveys are number five. So what are the stoppers? Real quick, three stoppers. Uh, a lot of times we're reluctant to claim the thought leadership mantle. We're just afraid. We, there's that inadequate question, that idea of, well, who am I? I mean, there's a lot of people around my office or around my industry who have a lot more expertise than I do. I don't care. I don't care who knows more, who knows less. I don't care. I want you to do it because nobody sees the world through the eyes that you see the world through. So it's your perspective, and it's your filter, and how you see things, and the observations you make based on your past. That's what people want. They don't want just reciting a bunch of numbers. They want someone's opinion, and that's where you can really come in. Uh, don't know how to do this. Don't know how to set up a blog. You know what? Uh, there's a lot of ways you can get help there. You can go to Google, just Google, how do I set up a blog? You can hire somebody on some of the freelance areas. If, if, you, don't, if you want to do a podcast, don't know how to do it. Just Google it. Ask somebody. Find, find a young person or somebody who already has a podcast. Typically, podcasters are pretty open with helping other new podcasters. They don't see it as a scarcity game. And number three, another thing that will stop you is you don't have a model of somebody who's done it. And I think this is really important, and it might be something we get into in a separate Facebook Live. But uh, find somebody who is done in the thought leadership area. It doesn't have to be in your business, by the way. It could be in another business. Somebody who's done it. They've done case studies. They've done podcasting. They've written articles. And find out how they do it and how often they produce and publish. So I hope that's helped. I hope you've taken some notes today. And in those five or five areas of ideas, there's got to be one idea there that you like. And it wouldn't be that difficult. But you have to move. You've got to take that first step. Maybe the first step is to call someone and say, help, I don't know how to do this but I'm committed to doing it. Maybe the first step, you really do know how to do it. You just need to do it. Make sure you go to BillCaskey.com forward slash quick start to get on the wait list for our 2X quick start program, which happens next week. And we will see you next Tuesday. Again, if you have any questions or want to share this, we'd love that. Send a question in on the feed and I'll make sure that I answer it ASAP. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to the 2X podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.